This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Wednesday, March 18th, 2020, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined as always by our tribe beat writer, Paul Hoynes. Uh, Paul, what a difference a week makes. I guess the last time, uh, you know, we recorded a podcast and we were, we're here talking to each other, uh, it, it looked like there was going to be baseball in the near future, and, and now uh, that's been put on hold. The, the coronavirus pandemic uh, has has really sort of taken hold across the country, and everything's going on lockdown. Uh, we've seen the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, pretty much all professional sports, all local sports. Everything is uh, in sort of a state of flux right now, as as we we just really don't have a lot of answers about when uh, teams and organizations are going to be back playing. Uh, as far as the Cleveland Indians go, uh, everything's pretty much in line with the with major league baseball the the spring training facility is is being cleaned and, and shut down players have been sent home and and we just really don't know when we're going to see guys back on the field yeah but at least the wwe is still going joe that's still live right that's i you know what i, I can't explain that i don't want to explain that but uh, if it if it you know makes people happy that's that that's their own thing uh as as far as what you've heard and and the latest, uh, I'm sure it's in line with pretty much everything we're seeing nationally. Uh, we're expecting to hear from Chris Antonetti at some point uh, this week, with, with just like an update, right? As, as far as the Indians go. Yeah, uh, Chris uh, left uh, camp, left Goodyear along with just about everybody else on Sunday. Um, you know, the, I think there's still uh, some trainers and. There's still some minor leaguers and rehab guys on rehab, like guys like Mike Clevenger, I believe, are still out in Goodyear, you know, working with the trainers. Uh, they are, you know, eventually I think they'll either, you know, go home and complete their rehabs or uh, come to Cleveland and do that. But uh, even if they come to Cleveland, the ballpark is shut down and, uh, you know, the offices are shut down. 
So they'd have to work something out that way, but I'm sure, you know, they'll, they'll be able to work something out with the medical staff and the training staff that if, uh, you know, Clevenger and Carlos Carrasco and Nate Naquin and Mercado guys like that decide to come back to Cleveland and train and complete their rehab, they'll be able to have some facilities available, available to them. But right now, uh, like you were saying, Joe, uh, uh, the Goodyear complex is pretty much deserted. Uh, there's, I think there's still some minor leaguers there, but most of them have been sent home. And just like the big league players, uh, Terry Francona and his coaching staff went home. And uh, everybody's just kind of waiting right now. And it's, uh, it, it's weird, Joe. It's not like, you know, the last time this really happened that I can recall was 1995 when, you know, they had a delayed season and a shortened spring training, but that was all labor related. When the strike ended, you know, everything ended and it was over. Now, even if uh, you just told this is a virus, this is an epidemic and who knows when they get it out under control and, you know, they just, what, the commissioner just came out and, said the season is pushed back another eight weeks, right? Uh, with uh, Right, yeah, it's it, it's an eight-week, so instead of the uh, the, the three-week shutdown that we were, we were expecting and, and all that. Uh, really, when, and you and I were talking before we, we started recording here, uh, just about the idea of, you know, when eventually you're able to bring teams back home to, to play games, it's going to be different in different cities. You know, New York's going to take longer than – Cleveland to to sort of get past this because just the, the of the population uh, discrepancy there. Uh, same thing with with Chicago. Different different teams and and who's going to want to go to Seattle and play when that's you know one of the the you know the that was the like the epicenter. Yeah, it was pretty much in 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 the in the country. So you know, uh, does this mean we we see games being played in? Arizona, I mean, for, for different teams or all teams or who knows. It's just uh, there's there's way too many questions right now that really can't be answered until we, we get sort of deeper into this thing. And, and it's still uh, – it's, it's at a point where right now it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better, I think. Uh, and you have to really start realistically looking at the possibility that there will be no baseball this this season and – and maybe even, uh, you know, bring into question next season. And that brings up a whole other round of issues that, that the, the league and the Players Association are now trying to get through that involve, you know, how do you pay minor leaguers who haven't seen a paycheck since August? Uh, how do they get paid? You know, uh, we saw a step being taken yesterday with uh, all 30 teams donating a million dollars to pay for you know, support workers in, in, the, in the ballparks who aren't getting paid. But you're also d- going to deal with uh, guys and, and service time, major league service time. And does this mean that, uh, you know, a guy like Francisco Lindor, who the Indians had two years of control over, uh, you know, uh, a week ago, if this season doesn't get played, do they maintain those two years? Or, do, or, or does that, you know, is that something that needs to be worked out with the players union? A lot of questions. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's an interesting question. That's you know, I you know, I guess you know when I think about that, I just think, you know, if if you know, just to use an example, and I don't even know, you know, if this is apples and apples or apples and oranges, but uh, you know, if a guy spends a whole year on the DL, the injured mm-hmm. list, on the major league injured list, 
doesn't, you know, play, throw a pitch, doesn't take a swing. Uh, you know, he still receives a year, year's time, a year's guarantee. He still receives his salary and his uh, – Service time. Service time. So, is this – does this correlate? I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting question, though. But I, I, I don't think uh, the Indians are going to make out in this. I don't think they're going to gain a year of, uh, <laughs> no. of control over Francisco Lindor. No, it, it, it seems more likely that you're going to lose all of your, you know, your, your contract years over guys. They're not going to extend uh, – you're not going to get an extra year with, with Jose Ramirez or Roberto Perez. It's just they're, those are the contracts they're signed to. And, uh, you know, when 2021 hits, that's another year. Yeah, and, and that's uh, – yeah, you know, and if you look at it from the club perspective, they lose a whole year of production, a whole mm-hmm. – you know, who knows? The player gets a year older. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting thing. And, uh, you know, you really kind of – it's hard to just kind of get, get your arms around the whole – the scope of it. Mm-hmm. All right. As we, uh, you know – look at some of the things that have been, been going on just throughout, throughout the league. Uh, we, we mentioned this, the $30 million donated by the, by the teams. What was the, uh, what was the, the genesis of that? Where, where, where did that come from? And, and, you know, why did they do that? Well, I think that was just, uh, you know, um, you know, you know, ballparks, <laughs> you know, it's not just the players, uh, you know, that make, you know, that bring the ballpark to life. Uh, you, you need you need concession people to sell concessions. You need people to open the gates. You need people to run you know to uh, run the concession stands to uh, run uh, you know ushers and and uh, you know the people that work on work the suites. It's you know it, I think you know and Major League Baseball was just you know knew that this uh, you know this work stoppage not work stoppage but this delay of the season could affect them too. You know, they're, they're mostly hourly workers or seasonal workers. And I think they were just, you know, looking out for their benefit to try to, you know, give them something, uh, you know, to, uh, to tie, you know, to kind of bridge the gap between, you know, the, you know, the, se- the season being delayed and when, it, when it eventually will start. All right. Uh, as far as, uh, we mentioned a couple of guys, uh, that have, might be still at the facility rehabbing for the Indians. Uh, but last week, uh, end of the week, we, we saw a former Indian Trevor Bauer put out a call to, uh, players throughout the league, uh, say, Hey, anybody who's still in the Phoenix area, um, get together. And he wanted to play a Sandlot style pickup game. Uh, turned out to be a wiffle ball game that uh, he organized and had a bunch of uh, Indians and Reds players as well as uh, some other friends uh, from baseball show up there. Uh, they wanted to do uh, like a mic'd up sort of video thing, which I think they did, and we're sort of anticipating, and, and we can't wait to see what that that video is going to include, uh, some of the the dialogue there. But uh, it was it was just uh, you know it a uh, at a time when you were two or three days into seeing all of these things being shut down and all these sports and everything being taken away, uh, you got to see guys like Greg Allen and Oscar Mercado, uh, Logan Allen and Zach Plesac out there on the field. And we saw Mike, we saw Mike Clevenger in some of these photos. So this is a guy who less than a month earlier had, had had knee surgery 
and he's you know had just gotten back on the mound when when all of this uh, you know news and all these shutdowns started happening. Uh, so Mike Clevenger out there playing wiffle ball in the the Arizona evening with with some of these guys. Uh, what what did you make of that? Uh, seeing seeing the tweets and seeing the photos of not just uh, you know the guys out there you know playing and having a good time, but Mike Clevenger out there you know. Uh, ostensibly risking injury again with his with his repaired left knee yeah i hope he wasn't making any diving stops in the hole joe no. <laughs> but well, you I know i think it says it something happened. about you know bauer i hope i think what they raised like twenty five thousand. i mean they something like twenty thousand dollars the goal was yeah. to, to to raise a million for for these stadium workers who were displaced by by the coronavirus so that was a nice gesture by him i, I i've had my differences with him but uh i thought that was uh showed uh you know what kind of heart he has so i i was happy to see that but i hope i don't hope i hope clevenger wasn't playing center field or if he was i hope he was on tito's uh, uh tito's well, scooter i know there was at least one photo of him it looked like he was on base so he might have been running the bases at some point but i can't imagine there was a lot of running diving throwing whatever going on in this game We'll see when the video comes out. We'll, we'll see just how into it these guys got. I did find it funny that in the group photo uh, of, of all the guys getting together, uh, Bauer was in the middle, and he was sitting inside a trash can. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. if I had, a, I had a couple of people uh, Facebook me and say, why weren't any of the Astros invited? And, and well, somebody else, somebody else Facebooked. He said that's because they were playing the Black Sox and Ty Cobb. <laughs> well, and it's also because the Astros were in Florida as opposed yeah. to Arizona. But uh, you know, just to, but I guess the the trash can could be there symbolizing the Astros in in one way or another. Uh, it was kind of funny. So it, yeah, we'll really look forward to to what that video. Uh, you know, there's I'm sure there's some real gems in there. Uh, one thing I did notice. Uh, Mike Clevenger wearing a shirt that caused a bit of a stir. Uh, the shirt had a, a message on the front that said, a girl is a gun. And uh, he explained in a tweet later on that week that uh, that the message from that, it was a, it's a very pro-feminist uh, message. Uh, it was uh, an, an L.A. streetwear company had put the T-shirt out a few years ago, and it had been picked up by a, uh, a, a feminist group as a sort of a, a fundraiser for a, a women's shelter as well. Um, and the reason for that uh, ostensibly was that when the invitation went out, um, they used a, 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 a meme from the Sandlot where Ham Porter was, was you know, telling the, the one kid that uh, you throw like a girl. So Bauer was essentially telling Mike Clevenger, oh, you throw like a girl. And his, you know, Bauer obviously has two young daughters. Uh, he said something about teaching the daughters, uh, teaching his daughters how to be able to hit uh, Bowers' pitches and 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 you know throw at him or charge the mound if uh, if if they had to. So uh, it was it was all very tongue in cheek, I think. But uh, you know, a lot of people saw that T-shirt and they were like, "Wow, uh, that's a pretty strong message." <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you never know, do you? I mean, social media—it's a two-edged sword. Oh, it's. It's wonderful. It's it, it's how we're going to be keeping up on a lot of these guys here for the next uh, couple of months. I think uh, I think I did see Adam Plutko just post uh, another video of uh, himself working out with his young son. 
uh, throwing weighted balls against a, a wall. And, and, you know, the, the development continues for uh, uh, the youngster, uh, the, the youngest Plicko as he, he, uh, he, he rounds into shape for the rotation in 2023 uh, or, or beyond, 2037 and beyond. Uh, all right, um, let's get into some questions. I know uh, before we do uh, Indian subtext, uh, just a, a pitch here for that. Um, the as as we're going through this, basically, uh, any news that we get, any developments that we get, you're going to share first on uh, Indian subtext, so the subscribers can, you know, get in touch that way. Uh, why don't you uh, uh, tell these guys, uh, tell our listeners, you know, what what they can find there? Yeah, uh, Joe. It's uh, as soon as uh, you know. It's kind of the news is a little. <laughs> The news has kind of been stark, and uh, and uh, not there's not a whole lot of it right now. You know, we went from spring training where there was stuff happening every day, and now uh, where everybody's on hold. But as soon as we find anything out, uh, our our uh, subscribers on Subtext will be the first to hear about it. Uh, we've uh, you know we're we're doing some stuff now. Uh, you know, you were profiling the. Uh, you know, the Indians 30 top prospects and I'll be trying and I on subtext, I'll be trying to, I'll be giving you a little previews of that. What, what Joe, who Joe will, you know, be uh, writing about in the, in the, in the days to come. Um, and, uh, and anything, you know, we, uh, we're going to talk to Antonetti tomorrow. So if anything new comes out of that, you know, uh, the subscribers will be uh, the first to know about it. It's, um, it's a good, uh, it's a good way. It's kind of a, you know, the tip of the spear, you know, before the stories are written, we'll try to give it to you guys first, just, uh, you know, and um, it's, you know, for, for tribe fans and, and, and baseball fans that are kind of jonesing for some news, this is a good thing. It's about, it costs about four bucks a month. You can, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, and you can stop when you want. So, you know, give it a shot. It's, it's, it's fun. And the phone number, if you want to text just to subscribe, is 216-208-4346 to to get Indians subtext from Paul Hoynes, 216-208-4346. All right. Want to, you know, let's uh, jump into some questions. That's the other way to... uh, to get sort of that direct line uh, to Paul and have that, that conversation with Paul uh, via subtext. One of the things that we'll do is answer questions almost exclusively from subtext uh, here during our podcast. So if you want to hear your question uh, read and answered uh, during the Cleveland baseball talk podcast, go ahead and uh, subscribe to, to Paul. Paul, what do you got for us this week? Okay. Here's a, a question from uh, Joe Eversall from Pelham, Alabama. Uh, just a thought. I wonder if they would rework the schedule so that teams can end up playing most of their games in their division. For example, if we have a 120-game season, perhaps each team plays every team in their division 16 times with the remaining 56 games outside the division with a home-and-home series against their league, uh, their league's chief rivals, like uh, the Indians versus the Reds, Yankees versus the Mets. Uh, just something to ponder. What do you think about that, Joe? I, I think if you do a complete overhaul of the schedule, which has got to be on the table, if, if, they, it, 
if they're going to come back this year uh, at, at some point in June or July, uh, and they completely re, uh, you know overhaul the schedule, you're going to have to see some sort of balanced schedule like that. I think you're not going to see inter, interleague games this year if that's the case. I, I think interleague games are going to be the first thing to go. Um, and, yeah, a, a balanced schedule within the division probably. Uh, that's to the Indians' advantage because you're talking about 32 games right there against the the Royals and uh, the Tigers. So, uh, you know, that, that definitely makes, makes divi- winning your division paramount pretty much. Yeah. And I, I just think, you know, t- tearing up the schedule now, I know, I know it's got to be on the table, but just mapping the schedule out, you know, f- <laughs> over the course of the, the winter, these guys that do it, it's such a pain in the butt. You know, it's so complicated. It's a complex process. Can you do that on the fly now and, and everybody gets a fair shake? I don't know. if I know if it stays the same, if you just pick it up, you know, when, when the season starts again, you know, some teams are going to get the short end of the stick because Definitely. they're going to have a tougher schedule. They're not going to play in a, you know, a lot of games in their uh, division like the Indians. What? The Indians, the first 14 first- games. Yeah, I was going to say the first 14 games are against division opponents. And I, I think seven of them are against the Tigers, seven mm-hmm. or eight. You know. So, uh, you know, that would hurt. So maybe they've got to, uh, you know, redo the schedule. But to me, that's, that, that just opens, a, you know, a can of worms. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, here's a, a, the next question is uh, from uh, Dennis Quigley. Uh, and this, you know, obviously this was written, uh, you know, while, while uh, the spring training was still in effect. Uh, what is it with uh, Terry Francona? Why is he so stubborn about um, about uh, Jake Bowers? <laughs> I really, really, I, I, he says, I, I don't think Bowers can hit. He's got 11 strikeouts and 25 at bats. And this is the new Bowers? Come on. So I don't know. You know, I think I think it's tough to judge a player in spring training. We got it. We we always have to remember that. And Bowers, you know, I think was, um, you know, he, he came to Cleveland during the winter. He worked on his swing. And I think, uh, you know, he's he's made some changes and he's trying to stay with those changes. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, you know, that's tough to do when you're struggling, even in spring training. So, you know, I. I'm not sure where he's sitting right now. I mean, I, this, this, you know, guys like Bowers, when, they, when they've had, a, you know, when they've done a lot of work on their swing to change it and, you, you know, camp gets interrupted, the season gets interrupted, that cannot help. I, you know, and you've got to go – you've got to be really strong mentally and you've got to have – you know, you really have to believe in the changes you made because no matter where he is right now, did he go back to San Diego, where he's working now, he's got to stay with that. and you're not seeing results when you're hitting in the cage. So, right. uh, you know, I think, I think we got to give this guy a chance. Right. And you said something there that, that sort of struck a chord. Uh, you know, you got to be strong mentally. Uh, Jake Bowers, for all the, the, the pluses and the positives that, you know, that we, we might have seen flashes of during the season last year, uh, we also saw a lot of immaturity and a lot – this is a kid who I, I don't think, and I don't think Tito thinks, really the kid really gets it yet. Uh, I mean, he's a, he's a major leaguer, he's a big leaguer, but I don't think 
it's clicked in yet what he needs to do. Uh, and we, we've seen evidence of that. I just, in the locker room, I, I mean, he's, he's a kind of a loner in, in the locker room. He doesn't have a lot of like close friends. I, I think he, there's, there's just something there. There's a point where he has to get to maturity wise before everything else just sort of follows suit on the field. And I don't think he's there yet. Um, I, I don't know. Tito talks about, well, he, he improved his, his lower half. He's got good hands. He, he just needs to, to marry the, the, the lower half to, to what he's doing with his hands now in his swing. All of that's secondary. If you don't believe that you're, you know, supposed to be there and, and, and doing the right thing. So I think he needs, uh, a, yeah, a little bit more patience, but you know, it ne- things need to click for him, uh, you know, between the ears mostly before, uh, before anything's going to be different on the field. Yeah. I think cause we've seen the talent. I mean, the guy right. you don't hit for the cycle by accident. You know? Right. No. I mean, I mean, and you know, I think the Indians are always going to get, they're going to give him a chance. They traded Yandy Diaz for him. Uh, so, you know, he's, He's he's still he's still young. Uh, I think uh, left-handed hitter. You know, in this lineup, they've you know kind of gone from a left-handed hitting lineup to basically you know a, you know right hand man a bunch of switch hitters. Switch and, hitters, you know, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you need a lefty. He can play first base and left field. Uh, he's got a lot of things working for him, but you know he's got to hit. You know that that's that that's all it comes down to. Right. Uh-huh. Um. This is from Bob Mastros from uh, Lake uh, Lake Worth, Florida. Um, could the shortened schedule for baseball provide impetus for the owners now discussing adding even more games to the postseason to finally realize that the season starts too early and lasts too long? To me, 154 games was great. The 154 contest schedule in 1995 also pro- provided more than enough chills and thrills. It was 144 and 95, wasn't it? Yeah, is that, is that what I said? Yeah, that's what he said. I, I misspoke. Yeah, was, yeah 140. Went, yeah, I think 95, they went 144 after yeah. when, when they came back. So, wow. So, I, I don't know. 154-game season, I know that's how they used to do it before expansion. Um, all your contracts and every, everything's all based on 162 games right now. They're not going to change yeah. that. Yeah, and and you're, and the owners aren't gonna they're not gonna cut out those eight games. I mean, it's only eight games from 154 to 162, right. but it's a lot of money for you know teams like the Yankees and even the Indians. You know, you uh, so you know money, money, money. But uh, I think uh, you know this may open some people's eyes. I think uh, you know there's always been you know a certain certain uh, you know part of the baseball population that has wanted to cut short in the season again. Right. So we'll see. Well, and you know, you, you bring into it, bring into account, you know, players health and longevity. If, if, if you do cut eight games a year, that's, you know, something there, but I had seen, uh, you know, just talking about how, how things could be reformatted or, or done differently this year. If we, we do get a chance to come back, uh, I'd seen a, a tweet, a, a series of tweets from uh, an NBA player with the Nets, Spencer Dinwiddie, talking about just like uh, coming back and playing just a tournament at the end for the end of the NBA season, 
you know, because they're they were twenty games from being done anyways with their regular right. season, and they and and all anybody ever cares about is the playoffs with the NBA anyways. But he had talked about you know playing like uh, playing five warm up games and then seeding a whole like one through thirty bracket uh, with a one through twenty eight bracket with four playing uh, series and then you know single elimination games in like the second and third rounds. So I, I don't know that maybe this is a chance or maybe this could be a chance for uh, the powers that be to, to, to completely think radically different and, and do, you know, just like pool play within your division or something like that to, to in a very shortened season to advance to uh, a best of eight tournament or something like that yeah. for, for baseball, because you're, you're just not going to see a regular season and it would it would compress everything, but it would also make it really compelling and interesting. You know, you could televise nationally televise all those games and, and, and generate revenue that way. Yeah. That would go along with the, in, in the vein of making you what for, uh, adding a, a third play, a third wild card team. Oh like yeah. You were could, talking about, you could double teams. the number, you could double the number of teams. You could take half of the, you know, half of the teams and, and put them in the tournament. So who knows? Yeah. But uh, that's again. These are all questions that that can't be answered right now uh, uh, until we know or get a, a more clear picture of of when we're going to get past this epidemic and this outbreak. All right. Yeah, one more. One more okay, question. One more question. Um, this is a little. This is obviously a little er, from a little earlier when the spring training was going on. Uh, the desert produces mirages every spring. <laughs> the worst was Mike De La Hose. And, and Vic, and Vic D'Avalio, and, and there was always some rookie that was going to lead the tribe to the promised land. What are this year's most likely mirages that you've seen in the desert? This is from Tom Kehoe from Ormond Beach, Florida. Oh, I don't, wow. I don't know, Joe. I don't think there was a whole lot of mirages. I wasn't out there a lot. But, you know, I know like you, we listened to all the games. You know, I guess you could say – you know what Fran Mill Reyes did was a mirage. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, mean, I don't he, think it was a mirage. You no. know, he had he had some stuff to back him up. You know, he had a you know last season to back him up. Uh, you know, so he's got some power. So I I don't really think there was there was a guy like that. I've seen there's been some other players like that in the past. I know exactly what he's talking about, but. Maybe spring training didn't last long enough, or there wasn't a guy that just kind of jumped out and, uh, you know, really had the the, the uh, spring of his life and hit his way onto the ball club or well, pitched well, his way onto the ball club. Two things about that. Uh, you know, this year they didn't bring in any any veterans on uh, non-roster invite. Not, not I don't think any veteran guys trying to win spots on the, on the roster. Uh, Santana already – Domingo Santana already had a contract when he came in. So uh, it's not like there was any guy who was really competing to make an impression to, to win a spot on the roster in, in that sort of regard. Uh, Mike Freeman would be the only non-roster invitee, and he's he would have been pretty much guaranteed a job uh, had, had we kept going forward. Um, the other thing is, boy, I hope there was no mirage when we saw – uh, Brian Rocchio and Jorge Valera uh, come up. These two, you know, 19-year-old uh, prospects. Uh, you know, these guys aren't even old enough to have a beer after the game, and yet 
They're in major league exhibition games, hitting home runs and showing why that they were, you know, really the standout players of last year's, you know, farm system. Uh, Valera, especially, this is a, a kid who can can hit with a lot of power, and he's still got a he's still going to grow and fill out his frame. And, and Rocchio, who we profiled today on the website, uh, is is really sort of you know a guy who projects as sort of a poor man's Francisco Lindor with the way he can put the bat on the ball and still has the potential to, to add a little bit, bit of pop and, and plays the infield. Uh, I know you're, you're digging into the Indians sort of uh, glut of middle infield switch hitting uh, bat first sort of young prospects uh, as they're coming up. But um, you know, Rocchio seems to be the, you know, one of the ones leading the pack. Yeah, definitely. He's one of the most exciting players in the farm system. Him and Valera both came in that, uh, you know, the international uh, uh, free agent uh, signing from, I think, 2017-2018 class. Uh, and um, both of them are really exciting players. And we, we get to – and that's one of the great parts of spring training when, when they bring guys over from the minor league camp and, and they perform like those guys did. And – you know, it's, uh, it's fun. And, uh, you know, just uh, getting back to the mirage part, you know, I saw the two names kind of pop into my mind when, when uh, uh, that question, when I read that question, you know, there's a guy, uh, Marty Cordova, one year had <laughs> the spring of his life in Winter Haven, uh, Winter Haven, Florida. And, and this one, Charlie Manuel, I think was the manager. Mm -hmm. and just had a great spring and they had a, and that lineup was loaded. That was a line, lineup that, I think the a uh, couple years before that had scored a thousand runs in the season, but he hit his way onto the the team. He didn't last very long, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, very you know, and and another guy, a reliever, Dave Von Olin was uh, when I first started. Von Olin, wow. When when I first started covering the team, you know, in the mid '80s, he pitched his way onto the ball club and kind of blew up afterward but during the season but uh you know they are there are guys like that and uh they kind of come out of nowhere but like joe said when when you when you bring when most of your non-roster guys are from your own system you know you don't get those stories that much no that's that that was sort of the the main reason why there was weren't too many mirages all right well speaking of mirages hoinsey you know we got <laughs> We've got a lot of downtime, a lot of family togetherness time in, in the house uh, over the next couple of weeks here. Uh, what are you watching or, or streaming uh, during this time uh, at, at home on the TV? What, 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 what are your shows? What are you, you, you checking out now? I'm, I've been watching Chicago PD. I think I've, I think I've seen every one, uh, but I like, I like that show, man. I like uh, <laughs> Sophia Bush. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. She's I like, excellent. I like the, the, who's the, uh, the lead cop, the, uh, I don't know. I, all I know about that show is that Sophia Bush is on it and, and <laughs> I'll, I'll occasionally stop on my way flipping through. But, but we watch, I watch, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, Oh God! Law and Order and and uh, Chicago PD, and they do it go. a little different in Chicago, you know. They, a little bit, little when, bit they, when they when they talk to when they talk to uh, witnesses, they don't mess around too much. <laughs> okay, it, it's a little. There's no rubber hoses, but uh, it's, uh, <laughs> but it's okay. a little. You get the you get the impression that <laughs> you better. What was that? Uh, what was the, you know, the Untouchables? Did you ever see that oh, with Sean yeah, Potter? Yeah, Elliot Ness, yeah. 
yeah. yeah, a little bit of Elliot Ness in there. Yeah, uh, yeah right. Well, I know uh, MLB.com put out a post yesterday with, uh, you know, showing a, a link on YouTube to, to a full game highlights of, like, you know, the top games for each team. Uh, they showed the, uh, the September 14th game from 2017 when the Indians – uh, extended the streak uh, to, to for one more game in, in their last at bat against Kansas City, and I just remember that being you know one of the most exciting games I've ever been to uh, for a regular season game at least. It felt like a, it felt like a playoff game, and it was pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, when Jay Bruce the double down Jay the line Bruce had the double. Frankie had the uh, the game tying double. Uh, just a, an all around just awesome game, and and to to have been at that game and and, and experience covering it was was probably one of the highlights uh, for, for me so far. Uh, well, that was but, cool. Yeah. And then the next day when the streak ended, I really liked when they came out, all the players, the Indians came out and mm-hmm. saluted the fans and, you know, gave them, you know, applauded the fans for sticking with them to that old streak. That was cool. That was, that was cool. Well, I know, uh, I know Tito, as far as what he, his viewing uh, involves a, a heavy rotation of uh, the, the show on CBS, Madam Secretary. He's a big fan of that one. Uh, I don't I don't know if he's caught up all the way yet uh, with, with his backlog, but uh, you know we'll, we'll spend a good you know five five ten minutes just talking with Tito about you know the the shows that he he watches uh, on on all these streaming services on Netflix on on Hulu and whatnot. He I think he shares a Hulu account with with one of his daughters. Uh, in, right. In the, yeah. She gives him uh, advice. Right. She gives him the password and, and fills his queue with uh, with shows to watch. Uh, my wife and I, we caught up on uh, the first three seasons of The Good Place, uh, which is on Netflix. Really, really funny, really, really show that makes you kind of kind of think a little bit as well, but really funny. Uh, luckily, we have about 12 episodes backlogged of uh, Law & Order SVU that we need to, to get through, and we watch uh, Outlander and Homecoming, so we're, or Homeland, not Homecoming. Uh, we, we catch up on those, but, uh, but I did watch Burt Kreischer's uh, newest Netflix comedy special, which was taped here in Cleveland. Uh, it was at the Agora a few months ago. Uh, can't wait next week. Tom Segura is coming out with another Netflix comedy special. So there's stuff to watch, just not baseball, which you know yeah. is really, really sort of disappointing in, in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I just, you know, what's what's really making this difficult for me isn't so much that you know the uncertainty for you know our our, our what we're covering and what we're we're doing moving forward. Uh, I just, I look at my son, he's, he's 11 and he was getting ready to play travel baseball this summer. And it's really looking right now, like that's in, in serious jeopardy of, of not, you know, happening. And, and I know that, that it, it's breaking his heart and that makes it even 10 times worse for me. So yeah, that's tough. That's tough. My grandson is in the same boat and, uh, you know, he they, they were practicing, and I think now they've canceled practice. They're not practicing. Yep. No practices, no no access to the facility to hit. So it's going to be tough. But uh, you know, just your heart breaks for all of the the seniors in the OHSAA where they've they've shut down. Uh, you know, tournaments, postseason, and, and spring season. Yeah. The NCAA. I mean, that that's just a whole cluster there with with the the men's basketball tournament being out. So. I know you're disappointed. The the men or boys basketball team, you know, was was a step away from going to states. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, and then you know, <laughs> then you think, you know, the draft about the MLB draft in June. I mean, what are they going to do with that? I mean, how do you, 
how do you draft players when you haven't been able to watch them? You know, I know you've got a backlog of information and video on them, but you want to see them, you want, you know, as current of, of information as you can. And maybe they got them, you know, I've, I've read where they might move the draft back. You know, it's, it's really interesting. And the Indians, I think, what have uh, three of the first 57 picks in the, in the draft. So, you know, this could be an important draft for them. Well, and this year they were they were they they were going to marry the the draft to Oklahoma yeah. to the to the College World Series, which makes a lot of sense. Why not? You know, your top players are there, so why not make sure you hold the draft where you could have the players there? Uh, yeah, if you're not scouting, they've shut down not just domestic scouting, but international scouting as well. And we talked about those prospects that the Indians really uh you know sort of hit on in 2017 with uh uh Brian Rocchio and Aaron Bracco and uh Jorge Valera those guys came out of the international class and you're not able to scout that as well so you know that signing period is is later on in the season so who knows but yeah this is really going to start costing teams in a lot of different ways but again uh the the new normal right now is I'm you know I'm looking out my window and you know, not seeing many cars going by and, and the streets are, are empty. And it's, it's like this, it's like the first season of the walking dead where, uh, where Rick's walking or riding the horse down the street and all the cars have stopped. I mean, it's, it's just crazy right now. Uh, the situation we're getting into. So, uh, all right, Paul, uh, we will continue to update every, every bit of news that we have, uh, subscribe to, to, to Paul on Indian subtext to, to get the latest, and follow along here as we get updates on the coronavirus crisis and how it affects Major League Baseball uh, moving forward. We'll join you again next week on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe. Thanks, man.